Bonesaw mm-hmm. McGraw. Yep. I got you for three minutes. Three, three minutes, minutes of playtime. playtime. <laughs> you know we love Macho Man Randy Savage, friend of the pod over here. So of course we're going to hey, free us. <laughs> You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Old songs ready. <laughs> what are you doing up there? Staying away from you. <laughs> Holy crap. We should watch that. I can't even hear myself recording. Bumble in the, in the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Everyone's a Real Critic. I'm Jose Garcia Chow, and here with my co-host, John Wolf at EARC Pod, we take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We give you the real critics thought on the movies, that's us, break down the critic scores and the audience scores, and wrap it up with our overall score of the movie. We always try to keep it fun and light, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. If you want more of us, listen, download, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and follow us on our social channels at EARC Pod and join the conversation on our Discord. Today, we're getting amped up for the new Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're talking about the first live-action Spidey to ever do it. Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man from 2001. Uh, Before we get into Spider-Man, though, we always like to hit each other with a little bit of what we've been watching. This week, we're actually going to change it up a little bit because we're both huge Spider-Man nerds and super pumped for the new Spider-Man movie. So let's talk a little bit about what we're hoping up, what we're hoping comes up in the new movie. Uh, what's up, John? What are you thinking? Yo, what's going on? Super pumped to talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man was actually, you know, we recently talked about Halloween costumes and with our, our Hocus Pocus episode. If you haven't heard that, definitely, definitely go back and check it out. I used to dress as Spider-Man. I think it was like three or four Halloweens in a row. And you remember the costumes when you were a kid where it had like the fake abs and everything? Love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was you my look favorite. like Carl Havoc from I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy's yeah. like, I don't know if I want to be around anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big Spidey fans. Um, I know we want to talk about what uh, No Way Home, but really quick, last time we talked and you were mentioning what you were watching was love on the spectrum dude so good i watched both seasons every other what an incredible show i am i've never been more so i'm not normally into those shows like i did watch love is blind i've never seen the bachelor or the bachelorette usually not into that because it's frustrating it's annoying and the people are generally really dumb that are on the show or at least come off as dumb on the show this is Love on the Spectrum, incredible. If you haven't seen it, you need to. <laughs> you become so invested in other people's just love life. And for a good reason. There are not, I don't know how many, there's probably like 10 people that they follow around on the show. Do you know that. how badly I want Michael to find love? I was just going to say, uh, Michael, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for you, man. And if you need another friend to talk to, like, I probably can't. I'm not a great person to give advice. Um, I am, you know, getting married. So there's that. But, Michael, 
Oh, I'll, so you're I'd like be, an expert on love. I wouldn't say expert. I think I'm always willing to learn and get better. But Michael, we can do this together. And I'm invested in everything you're doing. I think you're doing mm-hmm. the right thing. Good call on a few of them. And just, you know, don't get disappointed. Stay at it. Yeah. It's a frustrating yeah. game. So, Michael, that's that's for you. We're friend here the, for you, Michael. Friend of the pod. So good to have you <laughs> listening as always. No way home. Oh, my God. Here we are. Okay, hold on. It sort of seemed like we had no way home. Before we get into it, (laughs) just before we jump into it, um, I don't remember their names, but the two that were on season one and then get together on the second season. Oh, Mark and uh, Chloe. Yes. Oh, I was so invested in them. I love that she was like, hey, I knit you a dinosaur, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, these guys are going to make yeah. it. And then the at the end of the season, it's like they have parted ways. Like in text, it yeah. tells us that they've broken up after they were crying because they liked each other so much yeah. on their first date. I was devastated by that one, honestly. It has like the editing of the Great British Bake Off with just wholesome content. Very fantastical and whimsical. Mm-hmm. The music and the light. Yeah, the music is so silly in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Speaking of music... Should we get into the movie? Oh, yeah. No Way Home. It's sort of like there was, seemed like there was no way we were getting back onto this podcast after. To this podcast. Anyways, yeah, we'll <laughs> but we did down. it. That's enough for our Love on the Spectrum pod. <laughs> I guess we should get, <laughs> we should get into the, uh, everyone's a real critic one now, too. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, um, have you been watching anything? Just <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, nope. Just standing hard. Watching? I'm just standing hard following Michael on Twitter. Yeah, so No Way Home. What am I excited about for this new movie? Pretty much everything. That's such a cop-out answer. There are some specific things I'm definitely looking forward to, but just the, I think the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are up there with Captain America as standalone. Like, I really think they're great. They're fun. Um, They know what they are. They don't really try to do too much outside of that, which I think works really well. Whereas like sometimes... I guess Thor got there, Captain Marvel, like too much, just, you know, eh. so I like. There was something tonally wrong with that movie, but when it comes to Spider-Man, I feel like this most recent iteration really hit the nail on the head with Peter's character. You can believe that Tom Holland is a young kid. He's naive. He's figuring it all out. He's also fairly innocent like Peter Parker is. He's got a heart of gold, but he's busy juggling peter parker's life and spider-man's life and you see how it's like it's a great metaphor for adult life yeah you know too like when you're growing up you have all of these responsibilities now and you're trying to be there you're trying to you push yourself in all these different directions right so and i think that's also why peter parker is the everyman character when you yeah when you think about it you know like yeah. everybody anybody can be peter parker because his problems he's like it, he is a superhero, but the biggest problems Peter has are like his personal relationships, juggling his job at the same time. It's like yeah. we can all relate to stuff like that, you know? Right. Financial struggles. And he's a guy who <clears throat> he wasn't born with the powers. He sort of accidentally became this mm-hmm. superhero, which again, metaphor for growing up, becoming an adult, like you sort of stumble into adolescence where you're now suddenly your body's changing and doing different things and how you navigate that so yeah i know i gave a cop-out answer but what i'm really looking forward to seeing is what the hell's up with dr strange 
because in the trailer, there's no way that's the real <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> like, there's just some weird know, stuff. John. There's some weird stuff going on with him, with it being cold, like in a snow palace. It seems a bit strange. Doctor Strange, someone who is well, didn't didn't. Here's my idea. It didn't Hulk fall through that through the through the roof of the of the sanctum. So there's a massive hole in the roof. So maybe, maybe it's like, you know, Snowstorm. Christmas in New York. It's cold. Maybe, maybe the other thing that or it's has like me a, a spell little... gone wrong. Well, this seems to happen before the spell, but someone who is very like when you think about Endgame and Infinity War, someone who is so dedicated to the timelines or just in general, like this not messing point. up the spells. He's mm-hmm. just so nonchalant. It does seem very reckless of him. When Wong walks out and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to. And then he's like, ah, but really, let's go do this right now. That does not seem like Doctor Strange. That seems out of character for you. That's out of character for me. Yeah, I agree. Maybe. But we'll see how they do it. So, I mean, did you watch Venom? No, I'm sorry. Me neither. I didn't. I like. I'm not going to. (laughs) I watched the Um, first one. I think we watched the first one together. Dude, it's so bad. so bad i don't understand but i did watch the post credit like scene okay did you watch that online i didn't what is it just to spoil it you know just to let everybody yeah, know spoiler spoil alert scene um if you it's don't basically, want it spoiled fast forward 30 seconds yeah it's basically tom hart uh tom hardy's character is like laying in bed one day with venom and he's just watching tv and all of a sudden he gets transported into an alternate universe that's literally it. Like he's lit, he's laying there and then yeah. like everything starts kind of shaking around him. And he's like, what the fuck? And he looks out the window and he's somewhere else entirely. Like, so it leads you to believe that he was transported into the MCU. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know this. Nah. It's be speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's happening. I'm expecting Venom to show up in this movie. And uh, the repercussions of this film, I think Tom Holland, I think the title No Way Home, and this is all our, like like we said, we haven't seen the fucking movie, we're just guessing here, speculating. Yeah. I think at the end of this film, Peter Parker is going to get stuck in a different universe. He's going to have to like make a choice as to whether like return to his life, his family, his friends, Zendaya, <laughs> or... Or, like, to fix everything, he's going to have to get stuck somewhere else. And that's going to be the universe with fucking Jared Leto's Morbius and Venom in it. Damn. No, I know. Morbius, That's my guess. Too. That's my that guess. Oh, dude. <laughs> terrible. So bad. I what told this to my sister. I was like, all right, we watched the trailer. And I was like, yeah. I hope this movie fucking bombs. Like, <laughs> they have to move away from this bullshit. Why does Jared Leto keep getting cast? I don't know. I think the best film he was ever in was American Psycho, and he's only in it for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was... I, I'm not a big fan of him. Did you see... Did you know that he has a cult? What do you mean? Like a religious cult? Yeah, like, like he's starting a he's cult. A, he started it, so he's actually associated with the cult? He's like using his 30 seconds to Mars clout to sure. like start a, big uh, clout. a cult. Right. <laughs> yeah, huge clout, bro. <laughs> I mean, like emo girls from 2008 are down yeah. but so like um, please explain this yeah. cult that's what that his is, whole jesus thing is but what is this cult that's based off his band like 
it's called it, it's like he basically started this cult where he invites people to go on this island for like a quote-unquote retreat sure and um sex party i forget it's something to do with mars but mm. there are photos of him wearing all white like an all-white gown his hair is down he looks like jesus christ and there's just like crowds oh, of it. people listening to him speak I see it's the scary here yeah i kind of want to read of that one this. Maybe yeah, you gotta be- check it out. I also suggest you guys check it out. If you're Jerry Little fans, maybe it's time to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Spider-Man No Way Home really quick. I'm a okay. So okay. it's interesting that you talked about the Venom thing because one thing I was also excited about was seeing these various characters from these Spider-Man movies. So the Toby and the Andrew Garfield movies make an appearance. Oh, that's the big think, rumor. Yeah. Right. Not no longer a spoiler because, you know, if you go on IMDb, you can see that Jamie Foxx is cast. You can see that Alfred Molina is cast. Willem Dafoe, I think, is also on the IMDb. So you can see so excited. that those folks are in there and I'm super pumped to see them. What now hearing about Venom, I am concerned about is that it becomes too much of a, like a party. Like, hey, mm-hmm. everyone get in. Let's have some fun. And we lose this beat the is story. Sick. I want to take a ride on your Spidey stick. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> so I hope it, it, I hope we still stay true to the story because I think that's one thing, as you mentioned, these Tom Holland movies do really well is tell the story in addition to getting to know the character Spider-Man and mm-hmm. the other characters that are involved, Ned, Mary Jane, all of that, um, which some of the other ones we'll get into maybe maybe don't do as good of a job like what these movies do really well is that they spend time building those characters and right. their relationships like ned is a whole character of his own right you know as well as uh mary j mj because it's not mary jane in these movies or something sorry um yeah. and 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 i think that even in this raimi movie which not to get ahead of ourselves john and i love this movie but we're not afraid to say like it's not great either you know and especially in the characterization of james franco's harry uh, kirsten dunst mary jane like you don't really spend a lot of time with them and in fact they they make some weird choices uh in these films so i mean that is that is definitely the draw in this no way home movie so i'm hoping that they can treat it something like hopefully it's not too derivative of into the spider-verse but spider-verse was so fucking good you know, and the way it juggled all of these characters, we spent enough time with all of them. Maybe not the villains, but they were really as important as Kingpin, right? Who we did spend a lot of time with, and, yep. and they did a really good job of building like his motivation. So even we'll the see. minor one with his uncle, like you, you still were like, ah, dang, like that sucks. So yeah, I get that too. Yeah, I just I I'm really excited about the possibility of like an old, seasoned, like weathered toby Maguire in this movie mm. you know like a spider-man that's just like been around the block a few times and he's, he's just like a shit. fucking pro yeah, yeah. i want to see some pro shit because yeah. that's the one thing we never we haven't gotten in a spider-man movie yet a mentor it's always like it, no it's like a, a a badass spider-man who like uh, knows what he's doing it's always yeah. these origin story or like right after the origin story he's still a kid he's still naive but there's no Spider-Man that we've seen on screen that is like like live action on screen that is just like, I've been doing this shit for 10 years, dude. I'm picking yeah. ass, you know, except for the Chris Pine one in, in uh, Spider-Verse. But 
they they uh they cut that one off real quick. I agree with you that a Toby would be good. And I guess we've been talking Toby, so uh let's get into this movie here. So <laughs> welcome to our new podcast, Talking Toby. <laughs> <laughs> talking Tobes. Hey, we're talking Toby. Hey, talking Toby. <laughs> You know, hey, what'd you think about him in the Gatsby, huh? Yeah, the gabagool, you know. I saw him hit an old lady with a stick to get some cranberries, you know. <laughs> Talking to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with Spider-Man. Oh, if you're an old lady listening to this podcast and you have your headphones in on the streets and you're carrying cranberries, get the hell off the street. Run. Because <laughs> Toby Maguire is coming for you with a stick. Toby's coming. Yeah, especially, you know, around the holidays, cranberry sauce. Um, Spider-Man, for those who haven't seen the 2002 adaption, we've kind of talked about it. Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire, after being bitten by a genetically altered spider, gains superhuman strength and spider-like ability to cling to any surface. He vows he uses abilities to fight crime, coming to understand the words of his beloved Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. You know, other people in this movie, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane, okay. MJ, James Franco as the friend of Tobey Maguire, uh, Harry Osborne, and the son of Willem Dafoe, who is Norm Osborne, the big bad in this movie, the Green Goblin. So like we said, this movie came out in 2002. It's about two hours, right under two hours. The interesting thing and the reason we're talking about this movie today is because it received a 90% critic score, which is high. That's bananas to me. And received, surprisingly, a 67% audience score. That's a big That's difference. That's also bananas to me. It is bananas. Wouldn't you think that they'd be flipped? I would have thought, yes. Absolutely would have thought it would have been flipped. That we'll audience get into that a little bit 90s. more. Yeah, later, we'll get into but, that um, later. Um but what's crazy about this movie, we mentioned this is the first live action Spider-Man, which before we sort of started talking today, I was like, how is this possible that 2002, there is never a live action Spider-Man before that? There were definitely animated shows. I remember as a kid watching the, the Amazing Spider-Man TV shows. There were um, a couple of video games we mentioned that happened, I think, before 2002, definitely before 2002 um how was this there was a a, sh- a series John, like a live a action series, series? In, yeah live action series in 1979 that was not very good okay well there you go not counting uh maybe maybe i'll post a clip of it on um yeah definitely. our instagram because it's it's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it so definitely do so let's okay. just say maybe movie but it wasn't but, a movie yeah as far as films go this is the first time they do it the guy's outfit and i'm sure you've seen a meme of the guy's outfit because it's hilarious i don't think so and there were also like uh japanese commercials and i think there was even a japanese spider-man back in the day okay so there was spider-man was in the cultural lexicon for a long time Oh, you know, definitely was, in the cultural lexicon. Everyone knows Peter. But this Parker. is the first time we get a blockbuster film, like live action Spider-Man film for sure. Yeah. And I was looking at the history a little bit. The first attempt to make a Spider-Man film was 1985 in the early 80s. And it just looked like Stan Lee just couldn't like catch a break. It was either budgetary, couldn't agree on budget 
studios going under. There were so many different directors associated with Spider-Man. James Cameron, Tim Burton, uh, just to name name oh, a few. Would have wild. been like wild, right? How great would have that been? I bet a Jim Cameron Spidey would have been pretty cool, actually. Yeah, big world. Especially building. like coming off the tales of Terminator, you know? Yeah, that would have been good. So eventually, just going back and forth, back and forth, they they landed uh, with Sam Raimi on this Spider-Man. And what was even crazier is reading some of the other names of people who were associated with this, uh, like to be Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to name off some names that- to you. And okay. I want to hear you say, you know, Toby Maguire is Toby Maguire, right? But if for some reason you decide you want another Spider-Man, they could have been. Leonardo- like if I was a casting agent here and I'm looking at the headshots. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you let me give you the headshots. Let me slide them across okay. your desk. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, Freddie Prince Jr., Jude Law, Too Chris hot. Klein. <laughs> I'm not them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wes Bentley, Heath Ledger. Wait, so you said... Leo DiCaprio, Freddie Prince Jr., who else? Jude Law, Chris Klein. Uh, Wes Klein. Chris Klein, he's an American actor. He was on oh, American Pie. He's an American Pie guy. Yeah. yeah. I get uh, him and Freddie Prince Jr. Com- confused, actually. Yeah. Wes Bentley was in American Beauty. He was up for it. Heath Ledger was up for it. Also, people that went for the role but didn't Bentley. get it. Scott Speedman went for the role, didn't get it. Jay Roden, who I've never heard of, and James Franco actually went for the role of Peter Parker. And so did the guy that plays Flash Thompson in the movie. He also went for Peter Parker. And ultimately, we landed (laughs) on uh, Tobey Maguire, which is wild because none of the people I discussed are anywhere near being 17 years old. No, Uh, not at all. And also, they're all like really good looking dudes. Got it. Like be. Joe Manganiello is huge. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's too big. Freddie Prince Jr. and Chris Klein are, you know, conventionally attractive men. Wes Bentley is that guy who. What else was that guy in, dude? I, uh, I don't know. He was American like an Interstellar, The Hunger Games. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, you know, also pretty conventionally attractive man. Peter Parker is supposed to be a fucking nerd. Yeah, man. Okay. Nerds are hot, though. So if you slid all of those photos across my desk, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. This Tobey Maguire guy. (laughs) Tell me more about this. Tell me more about this guy. Hmm. Because Tobey Maguire looks like a fucking little, little nerd. You know, careful. Sorry. He's a little dummy. He just looks like a dummy. Okay, so we landed on we landed on Toby. Let me get you some of the. Other I think names. he's a good. Cho- I think he was a good choice for this movie. However, when we talk about his performance in this movie, we'll get there. Some of the other really? ones. Uh, so Willem Dafoe, we talk is Green Goblin. Here's some of the other people that turned down the role: okay. Nicholas Cage, oh. John Isaac, John Isaacs, who is uh, Lucius Malfoy, John Malkovich. Oh, sorry, Jason Isaacs, who is Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich and Jim Carrey all turned down the role. How Dude. crazy would Nick Cage have been? Nick Cage and Jim Carrey seem like pretty good options to yeah. me. Listen you know. to your spider. Yeah, oh, that was a bad <laughs> Nick Cage. Oh, dude, I can I can see him doing the crazy shit, you know, like talking to himself in the mirror and like crawling on the ground. 
And, and it makes me think that like, if those were some other ideas that Raimi had for this role, then Willem Dafoe nailed what he was going for. For sure. You know what I mean? Just weird. Ah, oh, dude, he's so good in this movie. And the overacting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have loved to more. have seen. Yeah, give me more. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage would have been like, back to formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. Nick, 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 Nick. If you're listening this week, you know, let us know. Call in. Why did oh, you do God, it? dude, the scene. Oh my God. I can't wait till we start talking about this movie because there's so many scenes that I love. It's because this movie's a comedy. This yeah, movie is supposed is. to be a comedy. Let's get into you it. Know? So we so crazy. It's 90% critic, 67% audience. You know, let's let's get into the movie. Um, one question I had immediately going into a movie like this is when a story has a ton of source material um this one you know tons of comics games things that people really know like there's a lot in the pocket do you go into a movie because this impacts how i would review this movie and critique this movie do you go into it with an understanding and with the knowledge of all the source material or do you go into it as just in a vacuum like this is it i'm going to consume it without knowing anything else well ideally you want to go into a movie with the second one right right you want to go into it free of bias objective you know to take the movie as as it is you know um however when you're dealing with an ip like spider-man it's impossible for you to for you to expect the audience to come in without any preconceived notions Right. Like we, we've already said it. We already said it earlier today. I said, that's not Peter Parker or something, you know, like, right. so I, yeah, you come into this movie thinking like, I know who Peter Parker is. I know the way he should be portrayed. And so if the character doesn't fully match that, you know, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm not sure whose fault that is. It's not the fault of the filmmaker, right? It's because they have to deal with, you're never going to get everything right everybody in the world has an opinion on how this character should be but i think toby Maguire fits the mold for the most part yeah um i think that he is incredibly awkward when he is uh like acting with other people even behind the mask it's weird yeah like do you remember when he saves aunt may is it i don't think it's in this movie maybe it's in, i think it's in spider-man 2 he like saves aunt may and uh she's like He's like, wow, we sure showed him. She's like, what do you mean by we? And then he just quietly goes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And just jumps away. I think he's super awkward, but that's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. So you're saying, in this case, bring some of the source material with you, understanding of the characters and how they came to be, which I agree because... And, and maybe I'll wait till the end to give my, my thoughts totally on that. So let's start at the beginning. I wa- so I wanted okay. to point this out, which is kind of funny. So I watched this um, through a TV app. And, you know, like when you're watching a movie on TV, they give you the TV rating before you watch it. And I started this movie out laughing because the TV rating for this was for mature audiences only. And I was like, yeah whoa what what (laughs) surprising super surprising it seems like maybe pg-13 to me you know 
Uh, if that, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the goblin throws a bomb and turns people into skeletons that then turn into dust. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is pretty rough. You know? The, uh, but I love the first line right off the bat. We get one of your favorite like monologues. I know you love oh those. My God. Back from the, maybe this is what inspired the this Twilight. This is probably the origin of, t- of how Twilight. I feel about these voiceovers. Oh, okay. I love that it <clears throat> starts off, you really want to know who I am? It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, my story's not for yeah. the faint of what? heart. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You just and then he goes, and... Just like all the best stories, it's about a girl. I'm like, is it? What? Is it? <laughs> I don't know if it is about a girl because you all you did was get bit by a spider and then you became a superhero. <laughs> what is like my heart can take that, I think. And it's not really too much about the girl. Anyway, so right off the bat, when we get into this movie, how did you feel? You sort of already mentioned Toby, pretty good for the role, despite being 28 and portraying. A younger yeah. person. I think it works because everyone in the movie appears to be way everybody in the older. high school. It must be a remedial high school because yeah. they're all in their thirties. Yeah, <laughs> except for the teacher, who looks yeah. like he's eighteen. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those like reverse things, right? The teacher. It's like, dude. Here's the thing. There is so much. I can't watch this movie objectively because I saw this movie when I was like ten years old yeah. in the movie theater with my dad. Yeah, and. I could just imagine like if you had a camera to my face, it'd be just be my mouth was open in a huge smile with my eyes like wide. I probably didn't blink at all. Yeah. Um, Which is why you wear glasses but, now. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I wear glasses. It's because I, I, I used to watch the screen like from five inches away. <laughs> <laughs> you you were in the movie theater with like your hands on the screen and your face exactly. just against it. Yeah. Just like two inches mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Just soaking exactly. it up. So it's hard for me to watch this movie, you know, objectively, because I love it so much. I love this so much. As soon as the Columbia logo shows up and the woman with the Statue of Liberty is there and you hear that Danny Elfman score start, like it fades in and it's like, you know, oh, chills. I get chills. I love it so much. But the VO, the voiceover is atrocious. It's the worst. (laughs) It's. It's probably why I hate voiceovers so fucking much because it does nothing to help this movie. There's no reason why it should be there. You could take it out and just start the movie with him running after a bus and you understand, like you get it. He's a, yeah. he's a nerd and he's in love with this girl because of the way he looks at her. Like the visual language is right yeah. there. Just, to, just when the movie begins and we, we get the whole like that Marvel montage with the Danny Elfman soundtrack in the back. Yeah. It's so iconic, right? Do you remember seeing this when you were a kid? Oh, for sure. I mean, I we talked about it. I was dress, I used to dress up as Spider-Man. Still mm-hmm. do. That was, I mean, this Halloween. <laughs> I was... You are wearing a red shirt right now. I thought maybe yeah. it was a Spider-Man a blue shirt. jacket. No, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I still wear that same costume with the abs and everything. Um, fits great. I remember seeing this movie and then buying it on DVD and just watching it all the time and i think the reason spider-man is so likable is because and and resonates with so many people is because he didn't so he wasn't born as a superhero right he's just like we talked about it he like sort of walks into this and like as a kid when you see that and you're sort of like 
one as a nine-year-old when this came out high school kids want to be spider-man yeah high school kids seem cool everything that was happening in the movie is cool you're like wow all i have to do is go to some weird sketchy lab get bit by a spider and i can become a superhero and there was a Mm -hmm. lot of those things where you're watching it as a kid on screen and taking back like wow like i could do that that could be me it's like a if if you're a kid and you're a sports fan or something and you watch an athlete who sort of can is doing these things that seem so easy and you're just like wow like I could do that. That's not that hard. Like they're not jumping like an athlete who's not jumping really high or running really fast, but is very skilled and tactical. You, you're like, Oh, I like, mm-hmm. I can do that. I want to do that. And that's sort of what Spider-Man was. For it me inspires you. It's yeah. an inspiration for yeah. sure. I want to get your thoughts on the, on uh, how he actually became Spider-Man like that scene right there. Like, do you, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love it, man. Tell me more. Because he's like trying to hit on Mary Jane at the right. same time, you know, and, and I think this is probably the best way it's framed. You know, he's like taking pictures. He's being Peter Parker. Right. When the spider lands on his hand, you know what I mean? And, and he's, he's concerned. It's like a great metaphor for the character because he's concerned with Mary Jane, like his personal relationships with these people. And then the spider bites him like the nuisance for Peter Parker is that he has this responsibility right. that he has to go deal with this. So like it breaks him away. He like puts his camera down and it distracts him from what he's really interested in doing, which is, you know, he, he's, he just wants to love. He just wants to love Mary Jane for sure. Hang out, go to school, take do well sneaky in picks. school. Yeah. Take sneaky pics. You know, let me ask you this. Do you remember in the very beginning of the movie, Peter is like walking up to the field trip and uh, Mary Jane like turns around and she it looks like she's looking right at him. So he goes, oh, he raises his hand to wave at her. Yeah. And then it's actually she's waving at the two women behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Toby McGuire is just like, oh, uh, <laughs> drops his hand like in shame. <laughs> Dude, that's happened to me so many times. <laughs> it's insane it's such a great scene because it's so awkward yeah and you're really like look at this nerd yeah what an idiot why would she ever be waving me oh god and then we meet harry osborne after that and then we meet the greatest character in the fucking trilogy yeah the green the the green goblin yeah i love when you know i'm something of a scientist myself yeah I'm something of a scientist myself, Peter. Um, I love that scene where we meet him because in a lot of it, this movie as a whole does an incredible job at just cutting to the chase. It's like, yes, we could get into characters or how they're feeling or this or like the nuances, but it's like, no, let's just really get to what we're looking for here. And that is some action. And that is some weird Green Goblin stuff. So I love mm-hmm. how I, the reason or the the way I came to figure that out is sort of when they're first in the lab, right? And all of these military people start walking in to uh, the Osborne lab. And instead of being like, whoa, what the hell is like this glider thing that this random bald dude is on in a green costume? The military mm-hmm. guy is like, yeah. I'm not interested in that stupid ass glider. I'm not here for that. Seen it, done with it, don't care. Where, 
where's that steroid juice I'm after to make some super yeah, soldiers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> you're just like. Let yeah. me get some of that Kool-Aid. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're just right here for the super soldier stuff. I love We're going to have to go back to formula. Yeah. <laughs> To formula, oh god, <laughs> Willem Dafoe's performance in this, like, it's just incredible. So good, just it's so reacted his ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I'm something of a critic myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of when I saw it. Yeah, uh, t shirts, let's do it. <laughs> oh, great idea! Great yeah. idea, or that something of a critic myself. I'm something of a critic myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through my notes and like, uh. So much of it is just like Willem Dafoe is so good. Yeah. Um, so we we meet Norman Osborn, this crazy man, crazy in power. Like he wants power. He's very rich, top scientist, military people coming in, wanting to work with him. And dude is just super hungry, juices himself with uh, the own super soldier serum. And I guess it also. Oh, oh, dude, that scene is so good. He's like for that 40,000 years of human evolution and we haven't even uh, scratched the surface. Uh, breached, scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah. Downs <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> and the other dude's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are yeah, you do you want to do that? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. And he chokes yeah. him and throws him across Back the room. It's a formula. <laughs> and the way that that scene is framed too, like I wrote this down too, um, it's it's Sam Raimi is so fucking good at horror that like there is just little pieces of like horror pastiche all over this film. Right. And that is one of them. The way he just chucks the guy into the thing. Yeah. Um, even when even when Peter is turning into Spider-Man and he like grabs the blanket, and you see the massive ball on his head yeah. where the spider bit him. Yeah. There's like montage. Right. Uh, an inc- which is such a great montage you go into like his atoms but like randomly like skulls show up yeah <laughs> you notice that yeah <laughs> it like x-rays and there's like, a skull just like bah! <laughs> yeah which i think again like as a whole for taking this movie as a whole i think it does a really good job of if you were to take literally take a comic book and bring it into real life I think that's what Sam uh, Raimi maybe was trying to capture here and does a really good job at it from the dialogue. It's all quips. It all there. Like, like I said before, like there's no diving into character. There's no expressing emotion that's genuine or like has any depth to it. Mm -hmm. It is. We are moving this story forward with every piece of dialogue or it's a quip. Um, Yeah. The visuals, like you mentioned, like, it's very bright in your face. It's flashy. It's making things happen. Like the music it's fast. It's grandiose. Campy. It's moving. Yep. So I think it does a really exceptional job at that, that comic booky stuff. Um, one thing that we have to talk about no matter what. Well, before we get there, let me, let me get your thoughts on this. So when you watch this movie as a kid, and peter becomes the spider-man he's climbing up the wall two questions for you one did you immediately go home and try and climb up a wall oh of course (laughs) (laughs) of course i remember like putting my hand on the the walls like that (laughs) and then oh that's another thing like that's another that's another example of how campy and like influenced by horror sam raimi is 
we get that close up of his fingers and it yeah. is so gross. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. And then like I don't know, that scene is great because again, the Danny Elfman score starts and he's just like, "Whoa, right?" Yeah. He starts climbing it up. And I don't know if you know, like we mentioned Tim Burton before. I wrote this down because like I love I love the score of this movie. Like so much I could listen to this on my on my butt, on my commute. On your butt. Um, <laughs> yeah, on my butt. <laughs> um it's like such an immediate banger to start the movie but like danny elfman it's interesting that tim burton was tapped to do this because danny elfman is like a huge tim burton collaborator he did right. the music for like beetlejuice batman you he's know, jack he did the men in black yeah that's right yeah i think this movie works on like this this level on this different level than like just like a regular film because it does carry all of these horror elements, but it's it's it it like just cacophonies into this hilarious com. It's like a comedy. Yeah, you, you can't tell me this movie isn't a comedy when the Green Goblin is is confronted by cops and he goes, "I surrender," <laughs> and then just proceeds <laughs> to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I think the good thing is those two elements work well. I, like it's like sweet and spicy you know salt salty and sweet they work well Mm -hmm. and the movie knows what it's doing there's so many teenager adolescent jokes happening like when peter figures out he can shoot webs out of his wrists um and it's like what are you doing in there like Mm -hmm. you know uncle ben so gross yeah um there, there's a lot of those and, and it's jokes. like you said it's before it's like an allegory it's a metaphor for growing up sure. like he's the joke there is that he's jerking off in his room oh <laughs> just coming all over the place <laughs> jesus peter <laughs> peter this is disgusting yeah holy shit i had a black light it looked like a jackson pollock in here <laughs> to quote to quote star lord <laughs> yeah So Jose and I were talking about this and it's true for us and our lives, but Bonesaw McGraw, hands down, quotable, everyday referenced in anything. Bonesaw Mm -hmm. McGraw. Yep. I got you for three minutes. Three Three minutes minutes of playtime. You know, we love Macho Man Randy Savage, friend of the pod over here. So of course we're going to love us. You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Old songs ready. <laughs> what are you doing up there? Staying away from you. <laughs> so we we sort of see at this point, this is what fuels Spidey or, to, or Peter Parker into not just using his powers for financial gain to take care of his aunt, you know, to sort of only care about himself into now caring about the larger world when he lets uh, a little thief run by. Uh, Peter going... is terrifying in that scene. He's he, so he really scary is. when he's chasing that guy down. Yeah. Like, and, and that's probably one of my favorite sequences of this movie is when he's chasing that guy down. He like lands on top of the cars and mm-hmm. he's like, he's learning exactly what he can do. He jumps that full length of the bridge sure. and then just punches into the car dodges bullets mm-hmm. like whoa out of nowhere you know? yeah out of nowhere um, and, and you know what's crazy too it's like how far into the movie are we at that point we're like what 35 minutes into the movie it's quick. You know, probably less. 
Nah, it, it's probably around yeah. 30 minutes because this is a two hour movie. And this was sort of the, the ending of the origin. Um, it's 45 minutes into the movie. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, 45 minutes into the movie when we see like, that's probably the worst CGI shot of the film too. So I saw he, like, a lot of jumps. the comments about the CGI being bad. I didn't really notice it too much. Did you? I didn't really notice it like until this watch. Mm. Um, when I was younger, it definitely always worked for me, especially because they do a good job of trying to hide it. Um, in that scene, it's very dark. You yeah. can tell like they're using the lighting to kind of take away from the fact that like, oh, this isn't like a real person, but it doesn't take me out of the film ever. Yeah. It never makes me go like, oh, that kind of looked shitty. Because I because I read the Roger Ebert review and he likens it to like watching a cartoon on screen, yeah. which I think is like, whoa, like you're maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know it's 2002 and when you compare it to like the special effects and the visual effects in Jurassic Park, which came out in 1999. Yeah, there's some really good ones. But like 2002, man, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so it's pretty good for 20 years ago. So this is when Peter is chasing down the person that ultimately uh, killed his uncle Ben, who is like his father figure. And another, it, it is a dark scene when they're in that building and he sort of pins this guy up against the wall, right? Like he's ready to kill him. And then mm-hmm. he's, he sort of lets him go. And then the guy trips over a pipe and falls out the window. So <laughs> he kills himself. R- well, right. Accidentally, accidentally uh, yeah. killing himself. So, I was wondering why, because this movie is pretty close to the comic books, but it, it's also different in its own way, right? There are some small mm-hmm. differences. So I was wondering why they didn't just have Peter, like, throw him out the window. Was it to preserve his innocence? Yeah. Yeah, that's my main guess, is that, like, you can't, you can't really rally. You'd have to do a lot of work narratively to be able to make that character likable again after he murdered somebody so you you don't want to put that blame on him entirely like for example iron man one in 08 spends like two the first two acts of the movie convincing you that tony stark is a good person after the movie begins with him being a warmonger so you do have to spend a lot of time with the character to take that kind of blame away from them but i always found that scene odd Mm-hmm. you know the way he trips backwards and falls out the window i always found that odd yeah the fact that the guy had to die i i definitely thought was weird because spider-man is gen- like usually known as he sort of webs him up and leaves him for the cops that's sort of yeah yeah, yeah he doesn't hurt he's not he doesn't right. hurt people right well no um, you know no superhero hurts anyone you know I mean, he beats the shit out of them, but like, yeah, yeah, that's and it. And he just webs them up. He, he, <laughs> he just breaks some bones, no <laughs> injuries, you know? <laughs> I think he did yeah, like dude. break this guy's hand or something in the scene, too. He it was did. pretty he gross. Like, he like cracks his hand yeah. back. That's what I'm saying. He's terrifying in that scene. Yeah. And uh, like, but we need that scene because we need Peter to learn his lesson. Like, we need him to. To, to the words of the words of Uncle Ben have to literally echo in his mind and be like, just because you can beat somebody up doesn't mean you should, you know, right. but then it doesn't really make sense because he spends the, his whole career as Spider-Man beating people up. <laughs> well, he's not like um, Batman. He's not a psycho. No, but it is still it is still ironic. Um, yeah. But he does learn that like, oh, I have great power. Therefore, I have great responsibility. 
that's how it works, man. With great power comes great responsibility. So let's jump forward a little bit. I loved when another great example of the comic book flavor is now that we've met Spider-Man and he's swinging around, we, there's this short two minute, maybe montage where it turns into news on the street and interviewing people about Spider-Man thought that so was good. That was a great flavor. Great. Another great nod to what the Spider-Man does well and is known as. Is That's they, about an hour into the movie too. Yeah. And um, I love that, too, because because and that's probably one of my favorite things about the Raimi trilogy is that New York is a character in the movie. And New York he is generally always a character goes back to New York. in Spider-Man because mm-hmm. he does his he is known as Peter Parker eventually in Spider-Man. And New York is sort of his, you know, a lot of heroes have it's his metropolis it's his gotham right. you know yeah and yeah. a lot of heroes have sidekicks and in for a majority of it new york is like spider-man's sidekick people look out for oh. him all the time yeah and and i, I thought it. that that was sort of a great job to show it in addition obviously later in the big battle scene when he's got the cable cars from roosevelt island like all you mess with one of yeah. us you mess with all of us yeah yeah so <laughs> and i guess like that's a, a the extras in this movie are so great. Like if you watch this movie off. again, just look at the background. So let's like in the it. scene where he fights Flash Thompson, kids like yeah. <laughs> kids in the background of that scene are like so confused. Like, whoa, what? Like <laughs> just their facial expressions are hilarious. You want to jump to the end? I mean, we've been going for a while. I was here, I wanted to talk real quick about how great uh J. Jonah Jameson's character is because right after okay. that montage of New York. You know, they're throwing all the newspaper clippings on the scene. And they get that stupid, yeah. like, Tobey Maguire walks into frame and he puts yeah. the mask on. I yeah. fucking hate that so much. <laughs> yeah. but, but then it goes into J. Jonah Jameson's office. And, dude, the dialogue in that scene, the performance uh, uh, of uh, what's the name of the actor? It's um blanking on it right now. Um, the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Dude, his performance in that scene, I almost want to, like, I almost feel like it's ad-libbed because it feels so natural. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. And that doesn't happen until we're an hour into this movie. So I was like, what the fuck? This movie's way longer than I than I remember. It's, it is, <laughs> it, it does feel longer. The cool thing about <clears throat> J. Jonah Jameson and J.K. Simmons' portrayal of him is that he does it so well that he's in every iteration of the Spider-Man movies as J. Jonah Jameson. They don't, they're like, you know what? He's in the Tom Holland ones. Yeah. Is he in the ones before that? Is he in the the Garfield ones? ones? I don't think so. Do they even have J. Jonah Jameson in the Garfield ones? I don't think so. Yeah. But those movies sucked. This is also a great time to say that, like, John and I were supposed (laughs) to record this last week. Yeah. (laughs) And I accidentally watched The Amazing Spider-Man instead. (laughs) The Andrew Garfield ones, which for some reason don't qualify for our podcast. No. But they are so bad. They're yeah. so bad. I, could I talk said it about would have been funny if for a long time. I said it would have been funny if you showed up and thought like, and you just. It would have been funny if you did the wrong. If thing. I was just like, yeah, yeah man, uh, Garfield's horrible. In this movie. <laughs> You're like, like, I, don't, I don't remember what? Garfield being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was only like two years old. <laughs> yeah, the Thanksgiving dinner, the culmination. Of all of the characters in this movie, all in one place at one table, how did we feel? 
I love it, dude. The way that he like starts sharpening those knives. Yeah. It's just Willem Dafoe's performance really sells this movie for me. You know, <clears throat> and it's like we I, I, I don't know if we said this on the pod or maybe when we were discussing it beforehand, but <clears throat> the narrative structure of this movie follows like a really formulaic uh, sequence where it's we spend time with Peter and then we move on to uh, Green Goblin and then we spend time with Peter and then we move on to Green Goblin. Right. For example, Peter turns into Spider-Man, gets bitten by the spider and then he goes home, falls asleep, cut to the Green Goblin is experimenting in the lab and he goes back to formula, blah, blah, blah cut to the, you know, the next scene. And it, and it, and it's kind of staggered like that the whole way. So this is like, it's like them, it's like one, two, and then one and two, you know, then the both of them together. Um, and uh, I think it fucking works, man. <laughs> it really works for me because they're setting up both of the characters side by side. So we never feel like, oh man like we're going back to spend time now with the green goblin like no you're just as invested in the green goblin if not more so honestly like if more not so, more so yeah. than than peter um it's great it's great yeah i love i love that it's sort of where it all happens and there's a cool you know the scene where peter they think they hear peter upstairs when he's not supposed to be there they go up to the room which is weird that everyone decides they're going to walk up there and look for peter in his room but weird so they're all up there and he's like on the ceiling right and then the blood drip comes down from his wrist and that's when uh, norman osborne turns around somehow hears the drop of thick yeah it's like the beginning of the third act right yeah here's the the drop of the thick blood fall down and the uh, thickest blood yeah. drop ever yeah what do you it's like, like <laughs> i've never i don't think i've ever heard that before but it was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just like that <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he like comes in and then your favorite line of the movie oh, favorite line of the movie comes in oh, oh peter ant-man uh-huh. classic <laughs> I had to beat no lady with a stick to get this cranberry. <laughs> I had to beat no. It's and like, oh, like, Peter, you're so yeah. you're so charismatic. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, you. What? Oh, Peter, Peter. You crazy son of a bitch, get in here! Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, Peter, he's so yeah. funny. That's one thing I will criticize about this movie, though, is that like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's supposed to be super witty. Like he's supposed yeah. to be hilarious. His lines are and bad. He's not in these movies. He's not at all. They were like, it's like <laughs> in that fight team before that scene. Oh yeah. He's yeah. like uh when when Pete when Green Goblin is dressed as an old, he's pretending to be an yeah. old lady. Yeah. It with with like I don't know where did he, would he get like a soundboard of, a, of an old lady crying? Where did he get that sound? I like to think like, that it was actually Willem Dafoe doing it. He's got that. In his and he bag, turns dude. around and he's like, he's like doing this whole monologue to yeah. Peter, and he goes, he's like, so, so what is it, Spider Man? Are you in or are you out? And Spider Man, the only thing he can think of to say is, it's you who's out, Gabby. <laughs> like, good one, bro. Yeah. What is got him there? <laughs> really pinned him on the wall with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, it's so great. 
So Peter, the scene Peter, prior to that, I feel like we're kind of like moving really quickly through this when there's so many iconic scenes, like like when Peter, when 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 Green Goblin breaks into Jay Jonah's office right before the Thanksgiving scene yeah. and before that fire scene, and he gives him this whole spiel like "Join me, Spider Man," you know, he like knocks him out and he's just like talking to him like he's basically just monologuing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird, <laughs> and he like smacks the guy in the head, like leans on the rail and he's like one day they're gonna hate you spider-man <laughs> oh, i don't know who that was that was good though it's thanks man <laughs> you had a little country accent to it we're at the thanksgiving table which is hilarious because there's no other like insight to the time of year other than they have a fake ass turkey big ass turkey for mm-hmm. five people six people wouldn't he be potentially freezing how cold is it in New York right now? 54. Yeah, it'd probably okay, be so pretty cold. Yeah, it'd probably be cool. a little chilly, a little chilly. And they're sitting at the table, and I love the tension building. And that Peter has, like, it just starts bleeding through his shirt Yeah, no yeah. reason. Like, dude, you didn't have time to just, like, thwip, thwip, like, some yeah. webbing on there or something? Oh, good call. Yeah, he could have done that. Something. Yeah. And then and then immediately Willem Dafoe's like, Oh, where did where did you say you got that cut? <laughs> mm-hmm. And no one else is like, like his face. Yeah. Oh, dude, Willem Dafoe is just like primo actor in this movie. I'm somewhat of an He's actor. He's just on myself. another level. <laughs> yeah, I'm something of an actor myself. <laughs> uh, and then no one else at the table is like, "Yo, this is kind of weird. Why are you like so hung in like on this guy's cut on his arm? Like, yeah. what's up?" And yeah. he asks the question. He's like. I gotta go. <laughs> uh, something has just come to my attention. I need to go. <laughs> and then he just on his uh, way out verbally abuses Harry's girlfriend, Harry. Harry Jane. Yeah. And Harry. Yeah, at the same time. She doesn't even love you. And then Harry. even Harry's reaction to that, the way he just starts yelling at MJ, makes no sense to me. Well, he starts yelling at MJ because she gets mad at him. She's like, You didn't even stand up for me. But he did. He said he, like, he did. Yeah. She's not like that, dad. Like she's I really she's care about. Yeah, this I really girl. care. He says and that, then he yeah. comes back. But that's kind of like, why the 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 ter- the flip for me is so crazy. Yeah, he comes back. She's and like, then May's like, like, Harry Osborne. <laughs> yeah, she turns How to a British dare lady. You? It's like, hey, lady, get this is nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, you can leave. And it, also, no one's mad at Norman for being a jerk. It's all Harry. Just do what you want with her. Broom her fast. <laughs> Oh, so good. And meanwhile, in that whole scene, Peter sits quietly. Yeah. (laughs) He says nothing. He's literally in the same position. He's just like, did everyone like the cranberries? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I love this movie. And then it cuts to Willem Dafoe talking to the mask. Mm -hmm. His heart, Osborne. (laughs) We have the big battle now at the end. Both Titans colliding. Mary Jane Mm -hmm. is there and, and the Green Another Goblin. great example of uh, of Raimi horror right there too. Mm. When um when Peter has to decide his love or the city that built him, which one is? Oh well, yeah, oh dude, I love that. But but even before that, when he attacks Aunt May, <laughs> he's oh, just yeah. like taunting her. He's like, yeah. "Say it, finish the prayer, yeah. <laughs> deliver us from evil." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Ah." It's so good. 
I love it so much. And it cuts to the hospital. She's like, those eyes, those hideous yellow eyes. (laughs) So the gob, which I love that he set Spider-Man up. He's like, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be the girl or the cable car? Also, one of the first things I did when I moved to New York was go on that cable car from Roosevelt Island um, to like, you just ride it to the Upper East Side. Was it because of this movie? It was be- a thousand percent because of this movie. And there was a part of me that was sort of hoping like, man, I hope the Green Goblin comes and risks my life so that Spider-Man yeah. can come save me. Um, <laughs> you know what's really funny to me about that scene is that like spider-man knows to go there because the green goblin answered mary jane's phone oh (laughs) also incredible that answering machines are still a thing they drive so much tension in movies nowadays like nowadays you can't you can't answer in the middle of a voicemail like hearing that like he's leaving the message and then you just hear hello oh yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like spider-man spider-man god damn it he's so good how'd you get my number (laughs) um (laughs) incredible that you can do that uh they should bring that back phones big phone if you're listening let's bring that back i like that god it's actually that's i that's a point of contention in the film for me the fact that like he calls mary jane (laughs) like on a pay phone it's he's like hey uh, um don't go down any dark alleys okay (laughs) (laughs) we need to talk (laughs) don't go down any dark alleys peter parker's such a fucking idiot in these (laughs) hello peter fucking idiot (laughs) i was in the neighborhood (laughs) you know i thought maybe we could get a cheeseburger (laughs) god damn it i hate him (laughs) so they come together and what was driving me nuts a little bit is when he has the decision right the Green Goblin could have just made it super simple and just taken them all out in one foul swoop. But that's my big thing with villains normally is maybe they're yeah. just so egotistical that they just just finish a job, you know, end it. Yeah. But and I mean, I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, this movie does try to portray um, the battle internal battle that norman osborne is going through like mm-hmm. they literally try to portray a battle of both of his consciousness the goblin yeah. and him um with him telling with him asking the goblin for advice being like what do i do and he's like i don't know if i can do that you know mm-hmm. um but yeah you're right like if he really wanted to he could have squashed him like a bug <laughs> like what he, his plan was to kidnap him how did he know he was gonna be there I don't know, but I did think Crazy. so. For me, the coolest part of this movie is the end, like how the goblin spoiler alert, how the green goblin dies. Fantastic! I love scene. it so fucking fantastic much. scene because it's Comes... character driven and it's not like a huge CGI fight fest. No, real mm-hmm. quick in that great fight scene. Yeah, another great example of Sam Raimi's horror influence was when, yeah. Uh, Peter like knocks the brick wall down onto mm-hmm. the Green Goblin, and his hand shoots up first. Mm-hmm. You know, like just his hand comes out of the rubble. Yeah, and it's just like the hand from the Evil Dead trilogy, yeah. like the poster. I'm like, yeah. oh, 
I wonder if that was on purpose. That's Sam Raimi movie too. Yeah, probably. If you want to talk about character, I think that Mary Jane is a rude bitch. Um, <laughs> All right. I think it's super weird that they decided to, dude. Like in the very beginning, when he's taking her picture, he's like, "Oh, can I get your picture?" She's like posing for it, and then she just turns around and walks away. Like <laughs> she doesn't go like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to my friends." There's nothing there. Um, and the fact that there's a love triangle and Mary Jane is dating somebody else and like making out with some other random street guy that saved her a couple of times, pretty shifty. No, she's making out with Spider-Man, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's dating Harry and she's obviously still like flirting with Peter, with Peter at the same time. She's like, it's like, Oh, it's none of my business. She's like, it's not. Are you sure it's not, you know, like she's like coming on to him. I don't know. It was weird. Also, the love triangle thing was a strange choice for me. Yeah. Like, probably wasn't entirely necessary, but... But it is uh, canon. Whatever. So that, that is true to the to the scripture. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't think it was executed very well. Um, Harry and Peter didn't actually seem like they liked each other no. to me half the time. Yeah. Um, and and also, it, was, it seemed like a forced relationship with Norman Osborn and Peter. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't really feel like Norman uh, was a father to, up to the father figure yeah. role, even though like that's what the movie leads you to believe at the end. He sort of seemed um, like he had just met him. <clears throat> yeah. And there were also instances where like Mary Jane in the beginning of the film seems like she has no fucking idea who Peter Parker is. And then in the same movie, like 30 minutes later, Peter's like, I've known you since I was six. Yeah six years old right and yet they can't even speak to each other without feeling awkward and then they graduate and then it's like they've been best friends forever yeah you know so there was a lot of character stuff with this movie that was wrong for me um and then at the very end she's just like i love you peter and i'm like what yeah because of the little the one conversation you guys had while Aunt may was in the hospital i don't know a lot of that seemed forced um didn't exactly work so like character wise this movie kind of you know shits the bed but it's so engaging and fun the pacing is actually a little bit weird there's a part in the second act that it gets a little weird it's like yes yeah like a wave i was for those listening because no one else is on the zoom i was making a wave with my my hand like a wave with his hand yeah yeah Um, so i mean i guess that kind of wraps into my closing thoughts like there's a lot of this movie that i can criticize but like it's just so fun because like you said earlier it's just full of quips it's shot, like the, it's visually engaging, like it's yep. shot so well. It's got that Raimi signature on it that I love. Um, if you've ever watched any of the Evil Dead movies, they're fucking hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's my I guess those are my closing thoughts. I hate yeah, that my- it ends with a VO. It always felt weird that that funeral scene always felt weird to me. What do you mean it ends with a voiceover? It ends with <clears throat> one of the greatest American songs of all time. And the credits. It ends with um. They said a remember, hero like, can save us. <laughs> no, who is that? Stand here and wait. <laughs> Nickelback, baby. Let's oh, go. Nothing be like, says is that super. Daughtry? No, nothing says superhero like the best band of all time, Nickelback. My uh, closing thoughts. <laughs> that's uh, that's the man's name, <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> the man himself. Oh, Mr. Back. Nickelback, <laughs> please call me Nickel. <laughs> my dad please, was Mr. Beck Mr. is Back. my my father's yeah, yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Just call me Nickel. Um, 
So I think my, my closing thoughts, uh, we both sort of talked about it. Um, I think I really liked this movie so much when I was a kid because the, the complexity to any of the emotions that you would find in the movie that you find in some movies, like especially superhero ones, they're very surface level in this. So it was yeah, a lot easier. A it was a lot easier as a kid because you weren't like caught up in the minutia of character building and feeling and um, you know, cause as a kid, like you can't, maybe some kids are different, but like, it's, it's hard to perceive those things, especially if it's a dialogue heavy type of movie, it's a lot easier to absorb action. Um, and so I think that's Absolutely. why as a kid way more appealing and why it stuck with me specifically so well um, in addition to the points of like, you can sort of see yourself as a Peter Parker, right? Like you could yeah. immediately win the lotto. Like that's something that can happen and people aspire to, to be. Um, but the, like watching it again as an adult, like there, there's not too much time diving into any of the ambitions of the characters, their identities, their motivations, connections with each other. Like you mentioned, it's very like, you're just there kind of yeah. there's not there's not much going on other than what needs to happen it's like you said it's like very surface level it's, yeah. it's not it's not deep connection between these characters there's no the movie attempts to say that they're there but there's no attempt in the movie to prove it to you no you and the, the proof was it gets it just you know you get right to the action like you mentioned like just it's visually fun. engaging it's fun it's super like super rewatchable um oh yeah and, and just the fact that like, like i honestly might go back and turn this movie on which um, is not a bad thing so like no we, we sort of gave our thoughts let's see why there's such a disparity um and jump into sort of the critic and, and audience reviews so we generally I'm super look curious at, about we this. look at both um and we'll start with the critic reviews they are a 90 percent for this one <laughs> And the critics generally, you know, look at things through uh, a different lens sometimes in the audience. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, this one is, these are all from 2002, also from when the movie was released. This first one is from countingdown.com. It gave it a B minus and it says, Spider-Man is in the same category as X-Men, occasionally brilliant, but mostly average, showing signs of potential for the sequels, but not giving us much this time around, which is oh, interesting. Wow. So I pulled that I one forgot. because it was sort of on the different end of the spectrum of most of the critics. Yes. I forgot that X-Men time. 1 had already come out. Yep. X-Men 1 came out in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very interesting to think about in context. Yeah. Other you know, superhero this, movies this are movie starting. Is, yeah. This yeah. was like the beginning of the new wave of superhero movies. Like the big ones yeah. that we sort of paved the way for today. Here's another one from the New Times, not the New York Times, the New Times. Flashy enough for kids and insightful enough to engage adults, this movie will line them up at the multiplex and send them home with a few rudimentary but vital life lessons. Which led That's me to super believe poignant. what uh what life lessons did you take away from this movie? Oh, uh, that with great power comes great responsibility. A, right, and also um, never surrender. <laughs> never give up. Never, never give up, bro. 
Um, here's another one from Movie Juice. Toby Maguire is one of our best young actors, and he couldn't be more appealing here. Hmm. What? A lot of That's Toby. Insane. A lot of Toby stands in in the critic and audience reviews. There was a lot of like, Toby is hot. I love Toby. There's a lot of that, which was. Hmm. I mean, it's. Toby is doing something really strange. I mean, I guess, and we'll only talk about this movie, but I, but I, I do want to bring up the fact that Spider-Man three happens a few years later. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, Look, it's and... not easy to become a sex symbol. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so this one is uh, by Roger Ebert. You already referenced his review before. The origin story is well told, and the characters will not disappoint anyone who values the original comic books. It's in the action scenes that things fall apart. Do you agree with that, John? No, because I think the action scenes are the coolest part of the movie. And I think I the, love the scene. I love the parade scene. Parade scene. I love it. With the panda bear is great. Uh-huh. And you see it everywhere. It's always something that's referenced. I think the and ending I'm... action scene is great. I think the cable car scene is great. I even think the Flash Gordon fight is great. So the Flash uh, Thompson. Sorry, Flash um, Thompson. Flash Gordon, someone else. Flash Thompson. <laughs> I I agree, dude, because even in the I think the action scenes are where I'm convinced that this movie is a comedy. Hmm. You know, like specifically, yeah, like we've mentioned it before, the scene where he says I surrender and then proceeds to bash the cops. <laughs> yeah. He throws one of the cops against a uh, a light pole, which yeah. then falls down and smacks a large man. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like these weird beats that it's yeah, making, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and because of the extras, like in that same scene, right before, right before Spider-Man shows up, like Green Goblin's doing some shit and then it cuts to him and just go, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel so engaged in the action scenes, especially the ending, because like you said, it's like, that's probably the deepest part of the fucking movie. Yeah. The movie like slows down and, and, and you're just watching him get wrecked by the Goblin for a while. Right. It works. Yeah, it was good. I think it works. Yeah. So those are sort of the critic reviews, I think, that encapsulated the movie and what we were going for. Um, Let's jump into some of these audience reviews. Like I said, so the first time I (laughs) the the first time I went through the audience reviews over 250,000. Right. And I, I usually like to try and get to the year the movies came out. I'm not even joking. An hour of me clicking the next button to try and get there. And I was almost there. And then the page just stopped loading. It died on it. So then I had to refresh the page and start again. And I was not Mm -hmm. doing that. So we didn't get to 2002 this time, but we got pretty close. Um, Most of them are from 2008. Some are a little more recent. Like I said, four stars, Tobey Maguire, (laughs) hot, hot, hot. There was a lot of that. And like really? it stuck out, yeah, a lot of like five star Team Toby. Toby's so hot. Would love more. I Toby. mean, he has his performance in this in these movies have created like this meme machine. Yeah, there's like R Ramy memes on uh, on Reddit, which I highly suggest you go check out if you are a fan of these movies because yeah. there's a guy who does a, a a meme every day. Like a man has, <laughs> he's like on day like eight hundred at this point. And it's always gold. It's always a quote from this movie or a screen grab from this movie. And it, it never gets old. What never a legend. Mm-hmm. That would be a great life. Here's another one. Four and a half stars. 
there's a nice wet t-shirt scene. That was their review. <laughs> four and a half stars. So, you know, it has everything, you know, if you are. It's got something for everybody. Incredibly uh, perverted fella. You know, it's got mm-hmm. that for you as well. Um, you know what I remember most about that scene? It was the first movie goof I ever saw in real, like that I ever caught myself. What was it? Because I, w- I used to watch this movie, you know, constantly when I was a kid. Sure. Yeah. Um, I remember Still when good. I got a PSP, I, I actually went out and I bought this movie and I used to watch it on the bus ride to school. Um, there was there, a review in, in scene, here. There was a review in here that was uh, five star. I watched this movie on my PSP all the time. Was that you? What the fuck? Are you serious? A de- dead no, that's so. not me. That was not me. But this is just like the Hocus Pocus one, man. I'm just... I'm just tuned into the yeah. audience, man. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just, I, I'm one of them. You're one. Wow. Um, <laughs> but no, when, when uh, Spider-Man at once, at one point throws two of the, two of the uh, uh, people who are assaulting MJ into mm-hmm. the, e- into the windows that are on either side of her. And then in the next scene, the windows are fine. Oh, and I remember catching that when I was a kid and I was like, oh shit, they fucked up. Also, there's another one where um, when Peter is checking himself out after he got bitten and he's Hell like yeah. all ripped, there's a For boom sure. mic in the mirror. <laughs> really? How yeah. do people not catch that stuff? Like, don't you watch it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And when, you know, you can see Green Goblin's mouth yeah. through the mesh. Yeah. When he says, uh, hello, my dear, yeah. to MJ, his mouth doesn't move. <laughs> really? Probably because there's a lot saying, of those actually. Hello, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Um, um and there's so, there's a there's a lot more. Like if you Google them, there's really? a bunch more showing up. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. There's like when the women say hey MJ in the beginning, none mm-hmm. of their mouths move. Oh it's like 80 yard. Hey MJ. They're like <laughs> stiff mouth. <laughs> they were communicating telepathically at you know. I've heard that's <laughs> yeah. a thing. Um, okay, let's get into some other reviews. Those were four and a half stars. Then we like, I went to the other extreme. There's two one star reviews here. One is worst Marvel film ever. Um, this is a review that's in 2017. So there were other Marvel movies that came out. I'm curious if this person um, ever saw the Do you think Hulk? he's ever seen Thor The Dark World? Yeah. Or any of the thors other than ragnarok oh yeah or the eric banna hulk movie yeah the hulk was bad we might have to watch that one yeah we'll check that out the other one made me laugh it's in all caps this is not even a movie <laughs> it's a movie. what does that mean dude I don't know. it definitely was a movie um and then this one caught my eyes a four-star review i'm biased towards anything with her name is Kirsten, but this person spelled Kristen Dunst or by Sam Raimi. Hmm. I, and then, so what I did is I went back and I was like, what else has Kirsten Dunst been in like that? I would like, um, yeah, not a whole lot. Jumanji. Yeah. Jumanji. Jumanji. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is, uh, Isn't she in that really sad Lars von Trier movie too? Like um, Melancholy or something? Melancholia? That's a good movie. It's very sad. Melancholia, I just met you. Um, so we hit into <laughs> a two and a half star review here. An excellent comic book movie and the degrees of writing, effects, design, and music. But the acting is extremely off-putting. Accurate. 
two I and mean, a half stars, though. I don't entirely disagree. Yeah. And then Just because um, I think Tobey Maguire's acting in this movie is really bad. And I think I, most I, of we we said like, yes, yeah, all pretty bad. much all of them except Defoe. Right. And I think this is the best Uncle Ben we've got, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's either this guy or, or, or Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen's dad, whatever the other yeah. Sheen is in Amazing Spider-Man 2, who just have you. When's the last time you saw that movie? When it was in the Dude, movie theater. When Uncle Ben dies in that movie, the gun is on the ground. Nobody's pointing a gun at every, at anybody. And he dives for the gun <laughs> for no reason. He just jumps at the gun. He's just like, hey, and runs at the gun. And then it accidentally discharges and kills him. Ah, oh, man. If I so had like, a dollar, none I of it to- needed to happen. It was so stupid. And then Peter becomes Spider-Man out of revenge. That movie sucks. That movie's so bad. <laughs> I was going to say, if I had a dollar every time I accidentally discharged, be a rich man. You'd have... Four and a half star review here. This one made me laugh so hard. It's a little long, but I gotta gotta get through. Go it. for it. I like the Spider-Man very much. It makes people exciting. You will never guess what he wants to be. The Spider-Man. He knows the hero when he sees one. Two a few characters out there flying all around out there, saving old girls like me. Or <laughs> Lord knows kids like Henry. I don't know who Henry is. Wait, is he just quoting? He's just Lord, quoting Spider-Man too. Lord knows kids like Henry need a hero, <laughs> courageous, sacrificing for people, setting examples for all of us. Everybody loves a hero. People enthrone them, cheer them, scream their names. And years later, they would tell you how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse the one who taught them to hold on to stand longer. I believe, I believe there is a hero in all of us. <laughs> they keep us, they keep us be honest, give us strength, make <laughs> us noble, and finally allow us to die with proud. Ever, <laughs> ever though, sometimes we have to initiatively give up the thing we want most, even our dreams. Spider-Man did that for Henry. So he wants to know where he is gone. He needs him. Uh, oh my God. He's just quoting Aunt May very badly. He's misquoting Aunt May from Spider-Man 2. I like Henry though. Spider-Man did that for Henry. <laughs> Who's Henry? Everybody loves a hero. <laughs> saving old girls like me Uh, i thought this was actually an old woman who was very excited to write about her grandson henry and how she had met the (laughs) spider-man no it says see for spider-man 2 after uh spider-man is impotent and can't become (laughs) spider-man the last review here i think kind of sums it all up right one of my favorite childhood characters was turned into a movie in 2002. Seeing this movie was truly an experience as a child, and I still love it to this day. Amen. Well yeah. done. Wrapped and sealed. As a For real sure. critic, what would you review this movie? How would you review it? That last quote basically says why I 
can't objectively review this movie because yeah, I used to watch the Spider-Man cartoons and stuff before this movie came out. So watching it get turned into a film was huge. It was like a very formative experience for me. So I love this movie. Um, it's not a perfect film. It's, a, it's far from it actually, but it's so much fun. If I were to give it out of five stars, I don't know. How should we rate this movie? Should we do something fun? I was going to rate this movie out of the three minutes to last in the ring with Bonesaw McGraw. Oh, okay. How many minutes would you last in the ring? Okay. Yeah. With this movie. I'd give it. Yeah. I, we, I'd last two minutes in the ring with this movie. I was going to give but it two I and a half minutes. Into, <laughs> two and a half minutes well, with Bonesaw McGraw. Two and a half minutes. It's, it's it good, dude. Up. I fucking it's, love it's this movie. It's almost there. It's almost yeah. there. Yeah. It's almost as good as I remember. You the know? Ol- the only thing, again, that like keeps it from being that three out of three minutes with Bonesaw really sticking it to him is mm-hmm. just wanting more. I just want more from the characters. Yeah, like, me too. Like It's like your first, especially at, if this is your first time ever meeting Peter Parker on screen at, in like live action, I just think it would have been cool to really learn more about him and but you know this movie did an incredible job as it was i mean toby mcguire is influential yeah. in meme life in life in general so um you know People, i, I mean and, and think about the hype that we have about him potentially just showing up in this next movie you know yeah. like he <clears> is spider-man i'm i'm yeah he's my spider-man I stand. You know, it's like you know how like everybody has their own Batman. You know, like which Batman yeah. is your Batman? Who's your Batman? Because he's been around for generations. Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah, I was gonna say Christian Bale. Michael Keaton. Yeah, Christian so. Bale. Yeah. Yeah, but Christian Bale. Yeah, those movies are hilarious. George Clooney is actually Maybe. my Batman. With the nipples. Mm-hmm. Is yep. that why? Yep. <laughs> my Batman has nipples. <laughs> so, anyways. What do you guys think about Spider-Man, the 2001 version? Um, Let us know what you guys think. Are we close? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know on our social channels at EARC pod. And while you're there, just give us a follow. Make sure to join our conversation on the Discord. If you haven't already, go back and catch our other episodes wherever you get podcasts. Like we said before, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Um, Today, we chose the critics as the winner because we love this movie. But uh, just remember... It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, everyone's, everyone's a real, a real critic. 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 Spider-Man. <laughs> Dumper. All right. We'll see you guys next you time. You think she loves you, Harry? You dummy. Three minutes in the ring. Hey, freak show. Get over Just here. Just fast. 4,000 years of human evolution, and we've barely even tapped the vastness of human potential. Over here, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, God. In spite of everything you've done for them, <laughs> eventually they will hate you. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. <laughs>